Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. What is going on everybody? My name is Connor Lawler. Welcome to another week of Weird News Wednesdays. This is the Heroes for Hire podcast. We are back again talking all the strangest news stories from around the world. We talk about the news that the real news is too afraid to talk about. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Meehan. Sean, how is it going? I'm good. I realise this phone has weirdly... Sorry, not this phone. This show has weirdly conditioned me um, in how I like scroll through Twitter now. Because I can tell from the first couple of words of a news story whether it's weird news. And <laughs> the whole premise of this show is that I don't read the stories. <laughs> this is an issue, yeah. Because it, would, it wouldn't it would work as well if I just told you a headline you said, Yeah, I, I wrote that article, Cutter. I know. <laughs> I'm a published author, were you not aware? <laughs> um, but, Sean, what is the point of weird news? You spend the week gathering all of the weirdest news stories from around the world, um, and then you read them all back to me, and as we've established, I don't read the news at all. I'm completely don't blind. Don't, can't! Can't! Uh, <laughs> Viciously against it! I'm anti-reading. <laughs> I'm anti-reading! It's a strange stance to take, but I, I look, I respect you for coming out. <laughs> as an anti-reader thank you very much I don't believe that books are good <laughs> where are we going to get the information internet yeah but how are you going to get oh fuck to read oh no why do you think I do podcasts <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah but you can never tell what show you're clicking on you're just like closing your eyes and clicking randomly yeah I just I just have I download every spot every Spotify and every iTunes podcast and I just put them on mm. shuffle yeah no, I can see that. So, Sean, normally every single week we start with, like, we just we just try and cover all the strangest people. Because the world is full of strange people. And it is a weird time at the minute. Um, and I would have thought that during that things would have quietened down. But, in fact, I feel over the last year, even though we're not allowed to be in the same room recently, the world has just decided to continue rotating around. And just weird people will do weird shit, regardless. That- that's it. It's like it's nearly a year to the point where we stopped. Like there wasn't much weird news for a little while because the first couple of weeks of the world shutting down, literally no one did anything. But then they made up for it with a vengeance. <laughs> they did. It was like they just decided, sure, fuck it. I'm no point in staying at home. Might as well rob something and do something weird along the way. I said, sure, the police can't touch me. We have to social distance. <laughs> the perfect crime. So, Sean, we are starting this week in Oregon. As police say, Oregon man who stole a car with a child in the back seat came back and lectured the mother about parenting. <laughs> <laughs> do you want him to end up a criminal? <laughs> Look at me. No, he could have gone with me. This is poor on your part, miss. It just is. Imagine me raising a child. Imagine the antics that we would get up to. <laughs> During single dad Greg Wick- 
Wickhurst's time off. He's the hair dad. So he does his daughter's Izzy's hair, right? Now, right. That is, um, the child is called Izzy. So Oregon police are looking for a man who they say stole a car with a child in the back seat only to return the four-year-old and reprimand the mom about her parenting. So, Mr. Greg, he left his child with the mother. <laughs> he said, it's my time off, you take the child out. The mother yeah. has left the home in the car, leaving the child in the back seat along the way. Okay, and the child can't drive, as we've already established. As, as established, useless driver. Um, the carjacking <laughs> took place outside of a grocery store in Beverton, Oregon on Saturday, when the mother left the car running with the child in the back seat, local authorities said. Right, okay. Bad move. Don't do that to your kids. No. Uh, now, we have seen it happen. Like it, it can be an accident sometimes. What I always like to do, I always check the back seat in case I leave anyone else's children in there. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Little Timmy, you're not, not mine. Get out. <laughs> Get out. Or, you know, he's bait for the criminal. <laughs> I did want to get rid of this car. <laughs> Little Timmy, stay. <laughs> Sit here. Need to upgrade. <laughs> the insurance would be fucking through the roof. Um, so, the, as she gets out of the car, she goes into the store and she leaves the car running. And it just so happens that the thief happened to walk on by at this exact moment. Couldn't couldn't have planned it worse. Well, the thief couldn't mm. have planned it better, but she yeah. couldn't have planned it worse. Do you think he planned it, or do you think it was just a piece of luck? Oh, that's like that's a carpe diem situation. Like this is a man who had it in his head. Oh, I, I, I'm capable of stealing a car from someone, mm. uh, yeah. and then it just fell into his lap. <laughs> it's like, well, if I don't do it now. I feel like the universe is telling me that I should do it. That's it. If I don't steal this car, I might go to hell. (laughs) It's like, it makes sense. I'm the hero in my own story. So he walks past the car and he realises that car is running. He walks over to the car, hops into the car and begins to drive off, thinking it's the perfect crime. Um, I'm he, already in the getaway car. I'm I'm already in the getaway car. I'm during the getaway. This is literally what I wanted. However, he soon realised that the four-year-old was in the back seat after a few minutes. <laughs> after a few minutes. Yeah. That's a distance away from the mother. Now, so now the mother probably remembers that the kid was in the back seat. So. Uh, that's got to be a fucking kick in the stomach in terms of fear. I think you really you really understand where her priorities lie. When she comes out of the store, does she say first, oh no, my car, or oh no, my child? Ooh. I, th- I see. I, I think in terms of, like, identifying something going missing, you're better off saying the car, first of all. Cause it, <laughs> no, hear me out. It's bigger. It's bigger than a child. Yeah, it's easier it's like ch- to look children for. are small, easy to children, lose. You can fit several children in a car. <laughs> I've tried. Forty-seven, you can, depending on age. And then, oh, then it got hauled to the trash compactor. <laughs> and then apparently, I was clamped down on because that's not, in their own words, legal. Whatever. <laughs> so. I, did she immediately report the car missing or a possible kidnapping? Or so did the she guy come the, back before? She was in the process of ringing the police. And while she was on the phone, she sees her car drive back into the parking lot as the man had done a U-turn in the middle of the road and returned the child to the mother. But not without scolding her. That's... That is that's the man who's just like if I continue with this I'm getting a much bigger sentence. <laughs> he, he pulled in and the police said he actually lectured the mother for leaving the child in the car and threatened to call the police on her. <laughs> How long was the lecture? <laughs> threatened I am going to ring the police and child services because that is outrageous. Anyone could have stolen that car. No, it it happened to me, be me, but anyone could have. Yeah, I draw the line at kidnapping. What if someone <laughs> didn't? Yeah, like, I'm one of the good car thieves. What about one of the bad ones? You have to get think about this, miss. For God's sake. I am, I, I am a chaotic good in the world. 
<laughs> the thief ordered the mob to take the child to ho- to take the child before driving off in the stolen car. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he's lecturing her out through the window, finger pointed as he goes. Now, this is a ridiculous situation you've put me in, miss, right? That child's not meant to be there. You just had him sitting there. Easy target. That, uh, I, I am so mad that this is the only bit of your property I will be returning today. <laughs> And this is um, where the police spokesman, Officer Matt Henderson, comes in. He's the last line of this article. But he just, (laughs) he's in a difficult position here. Because on the one hand, the car has been stolen. But on the other hand, it could have been much worse. So he says, obviously we're thankfully brought the little one back and had the decency to do that, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah, like, you, you, look, you can't fault him for bringing the child back, but you yeah. can fault him for continuing with the theft of a car. <laughs> if he brought the child back and gave the car back, he'd be like, no, it's not worth it. I'm not going through with it. That's outrageous. It's I'm actually somehow, now. it's more brazen to take the car. Because <laughs> yeah. he could have just seen the error of his ways, returned everything all at once. But he thought, no, I, I really want to keep the car. Like, I, I want the vrum vrum, but I don't want the kid kid. It's like, I was almost a kidnapper. I'm no, I'm going to need a getaway vehicle. Yeah, like, I have, I have principles. <laughs> Why have they arrest me? I don't want to give the car back. That's my getaway car. I just got it. So, look, I suppose it's, look, if, if you had to pick one to get back, you'd mm. probably pick the kid. <laughs> Oh no, the Mazda! Ah, shut up, Timmy! <laughs> Fuck's sake! That was your dad's favourite Land Ranger, Land Rover. And so, this was, yeah, also, this was the dad's day off as well. Yeah. He he sent her out one day, and she comes back with that story. She, 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 she comes home, legs absolutely broken from walking home. <laughs> Carrying the shopping. And the kid hanging around her back. Just kid like, not knowing what him. went on. <laughs> the, kid, the kid came home and was just like, take me to my real dad. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a child of the road now, mother. <laughs> Cigar in his mouth. I've seen things, mama. I've seen things. So, in in summary, the kid is safe, the car is gone, and there was an awkward yeah. conversation when, they, when she got home. But the, the thief had principles, is what I'll say. Like, I'm not robbing a child. I'm here, I'm just here to rob the car. But I'm bringing this child back and I'm going to give give you a piece of my mind for putting him in this situation because it's outrageous on your part, miss. Maybe, maybe next time you won't be so careless in leaving your car unlocked with a child in now, the back. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to make a 3pm deadline. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Sean, we're going to have to move on to um, another piece of weird news. Now... This next piece of weird news has a lot of our favourite things. It's got, it's a long enough story. It involves countries, it involves a country to country, like it's, it's on a big scale, but mm-hmm. it's all about one little animal. Now this story, Sean, was sent in by one of the patrons, okay? So you got, you oh, know okay. it's got to be good. Yeah, it's, so you just go- don't have to do work anymore, is what you're telling me. <laughs> no, it's now just got to the point where very kind folks who listen to us are just sending in very good stories. And I'm saying, thanks very much. I'll take your job. I will have that. Thank you, friends. <laughs> I don't need to work an extra half an hour. Because I have a pigeon survived an 8,000 mile journey from Oregon to Australia. Authorities plan to kill it. Oh, is this one of Australia's things about importing other animals? Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> the pigeon survived the 8,000 mile journey. He was not brought in. He just flew there. <laughs> That's true. And birds don't need passports. No. So, this is the story of one pigeon, one journey, that's caused an awful lot of trouble in the Australian authorities. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, and Okay, so what I want you to do, I think we're going to get the story, and then we're going to decide who we're in favour of on this. I can definitely tell it's probably going to be the pigeon. Right, okay. <laughs> a racing Bit pigeon of a spoiler. has survived. <laughs> no, no, I just, I was assuming for us. Myself, I think me and you always side with the animal. 
That's true. Animals are innocent of all things. Um, a racing pigeon has survived an extraordinary 8,000-mile Pacific Ocean crossing from the United States to find a new home in Australia. Now authorities consider the bird a quarantine risk and plan to kill it. So... Kevin Kelly Bird said Thursday he discovered the exhausted bird. Also, Kevin Kelly Bird is the guy who found him. Okay, this is some kind of consp- they're they're in cahoots. <laughs> they're in cahoots. Um, so no, I thought he of that discovered, joke, but I, I I thought our listeners deserve better, Connor. <laughs> I don't see them in that high regard. <laughs> um, he discovered the exhausted bird, which I can only assume it was exhausted, that arrived at his Melbourne home backyard um, in late December, had disappeared from a race in the US state of Oregon in October 29th. So nearly November, but October 29th. Experts su- suspect the pigeon that Kelly Bird has named Joe, so Joe the Pigeon, um, after the US president-elect <laughs> hitched a ride on a cargo ship to cross the Pacific Ocean. So he just fucking... <laughs> he, he flew out to sea, fair enough. Thought, yeah. oh, I'm getting a bit tired. Lucky, found a ship. I can landed only the ass- ship. Yeah, I can only assume pirate ship that he landed on. Uh, yeah. Right onto the shoulder of the captain he went. <laughs> uh, blended in. <laughs> And then, he said, you're not a pigeon. I went, oh, my name's Joe. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Sound man. Sound man. The, guys, this is Joe. <laughs> I've had a lot new... of rum. I am talking to a pigeon. I will admit that. So, he's... It's, I, I, I keep saying, saying he as the pigeon. The pigeon. Um, mm. Then ends up... To, does he like go through customs in Australia or does he just fly in? No, I would say the ship was near Australia, and at some point he just left the ship and just flew the rest of the way. Todd, gents, it's been it's been an absolute joy. <laughs> He's got a little suitcase and a hat. He does the top hat tilt. He's like, gents, it's been an absolute pre- pleasure. Stabby <laughs> McGee, I can't wait to see you on Broadway. I think and, your dreams are going to come true. And stabbed McGee, well, I hope you get better soon. We should have seen that coming, to be fair. <laughs> Brothers. <laughs> Brothers. Um, Joe's feat um, has attracted the attention of the Australian media, but also the notoriously strict Australian Quarantine and Inspection Service. Not the Australian Quarantine and Inspection Service. Yeah, the, the, the AQIS. Keys. <laughs> Um, Kelly Bird said quarantine authorities called him on Thursday to ask him to catch the pigeon which catch I think catch the pigeon <laughs> catch the pigeon what you Remember need is you need some very small planes and a man yeah. with a moustache that's true if we could get a dog involved that's some kind so, of a co-pilot somewhere along the way but the dog is obviously the smartest one Yeah. oh yeah the dog is the brains of the operation yeah. strangely enough the- so, Kelly Bird, oh, by the way, the man is called Kelly Bird, which is confusing me even more. But he says, they say it is from America. Then they're concerned about bird diseases, he said. They wanted to know if I could help them out. I said, to be honest, I can't catch it. I can't get, I can get within 500 millimetres or 20 inches of it, and then it just moves. It's... <laughs> Why, why is he approaching from the front, first of all? <laughs> I, think, I think it's more of a side job, really. Yeah, so is it one dude in charge of the entire like quarantine sector? No, he's he just owns a house and the bird landed in his backyard. Right, okay, and now now it's the bird's house. Now it's the bird and the and the authorities are contacting him like, "Can you get the bird that is currently living in your house? It's not paying rent. We want it out." <laughs> They're just ringing him up at all hours. What's the situation with the bird like? <laughs> No, he answers the phone, it's just heavy breathing. Did you get it? <sighs> no, not yet. Call me back when you do. <laughs> Hangs back up. Five minutes later, same call. He's <laughs> like, it's 4am, just leave. So who is in charge of killing the bird then? Uh, the Agricultural Department, which is responsible for biosecurity, said the pigeon was not permitted to remain in Australia. Because it could compromise Australia's food security and our wild bird populations. 
it is a very delicate ecosystem. That, that mm. the, the Simpsons taught me that. Yeah, um, the big boot. The the, <laughs> the big boot. <laughs> <laughs> the dollary tooth. I remember it well. And so, I I. But surely, like, capture and release is also an option, not just hire a sniper. <laughs> you think sniper? Sniper's the first, not, not like a, a bird catcher. Like, what? full on, like the guy with, the, we've got a, I want a team of SAS moving in, and I want one heavy machine gunner, one sniper, we've got one leader, and then one just a crazy man. Yeah, yeah I, I want a ragtag team to hunt down. Yeah. Like and and they all have certain flaws. Like the sniper's great, but he's a recovering alcoholic, so he has the yeah, shakes. And, and at any time, no, he also has a bit of like PTSD. So like he he he's he shot two one too many birds. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, or what if the rest of the team is perfect and the sniper just has a load of issues? <laughs> we put all the character issues on one guy, and everybody else is completely balanced. They're all just grand. They're all they're all fine, but they're every, just, every but time, they love pigeons. There's, yeah, yeah, there's like there's all these dramatic moments that you think is going to be dramatic, but in the end you're like, ah, sure, look, it's a paycheck, isn't it? Sure, look, we'll capture the pigeon harmless and we'll get it into the right people and we'll look after it, like. And the sniper's like, no, man, you don't understand. I've seen pigeons like that before. <laughs> He's going to kill us all. <laughs> um, so they don't know what um, what exact distance this bird flew because the issue is that it just came across on a cargo ship so how long did it fly for it's been gone for two months yeah like that is that's an extended holiday if anything and how do they know it's the same pigeon is there a microchip in it or something see that's where it comes in because it has a little um what's the word a tag on it that has an American uh, race. It's like a, a barcode, not a barcode. What's it? A registration number kind of thing. So they oh, can like, okay. go through that number and find out what racing area of America it's from and stuff like that. Um, so they were talking to to Kaylee Bird, and um, he said it rocked up at our place around Boxing Day. I've got a fountain in the backyard, and it was having a drink and a wash. He was pretty emaciated, so I crushed up a dry biscuit and left it out there for him. Next day, he rocked back up at our water feature, so I wandered out to have a look at him, because he was fairly weak, and he didn't seem that afraid of me, and I saw he had a blue band on his leg. Obviously, he belongs to someone, so I managed to catch him, he added. He had him! He had him in his hand! He had him, but it was, like, tied to a chair, and he's like, what do you know? (laughs) Smacking him around. It's like that scene from Casino Royale. (laughs) Um, I'm going to start taking fingernails if you don't start talking. Um, I don't have fingernails. Oh, you can talk. By the way, this paragraph is like, is so dumb. This one line is Kelly Bird, who says he has no interest in birds, apart from my last name. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm still a bit pissed off about. (laughs) To be honest with you, I fucking hate it. Um, Said he could no longer catch the pigeon with his bare hands since it had regained its strength. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's now a god pigeon. It's it's ripped to shreds, and so, but it's still staying around the garden because he knows he'll get like water and food there. Yeah, so he said the Oklahoma-based American Racing Pigeon Union, oh my god, uh, had confirmed that Joe was registered to an owner in Montgomery, Alabama. Kitty Bird said he had attempted to contact the owner, but had so far been unable to get through. The bird spends every day in the backyard, sometimes sitting side by side with a native dove on a oh. on a pergola. Do you know what a pergola is? A pergola? No, but I'm going to Google it. How do you spell it? P e r g o l a. E r g o l a. Pergola. Oh, it's like a gazebo. Oh, that's fair enough. It's Kaylee Bird. <laughs> We're not smart. <laughs> Kaylee Bird has been feeding it pigeon food from within days of its arrival. So he's feeding it all the time. Um, I think that he just decided that since I've given him some food and he's got a spot to drink, that's home. Yeah, he's just a, he's, a, he's, a, he's, an, he's an immigrant to Australia now. Mm. Like um, the Irish before him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're full of the place. The place is full of us. So I'm happy enough for this pigeon to go along with us. That's that's it. I, yeah, we're we're now on the side of the pigeon here. That that's the yeah. pigeon's new home. 
Now, it is claimed that the longest, the greatest long-distance flight recorded by a pigeon is one that started at Arras in France and ended in Saigon in Vietnam back in 1931. According well, to lucky, Pigeon... It's what? lucky the wind wasn't too strong or he might miss <laughs> Saigon. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> bow, bow. My work here is done. Um, the distance was one eleven thousand six hundred kilometers, or seven thousand two hundred miles, and took twenty four days. Jesus! So this pigeon could be a record breaker, then. Could be. We don't know so far. But what? What's the difference between America to Australia from France to Saigon? I would say six hundred kilometers in the difference, well, probably. Yeah, about that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I like in your head like you put your like your tongue out and you're like cl- half closed in one eye thinking into just out, out of the top of your head about 600 700 kilometers about that yeah give or take I, I'll, look I'll give myself 10 kilometers yeah. either side of that. Yeah, either way you know yourself um, but then Sean there was a follow up story to this pigeon because I'm thinking he's gonna die they've got him banged to rights this, this poor pigeon is after turned up a fake US leg band gets pigeon a reprieve in Australia. What? He's a pigeon. He's, what? <laughs> no, continue. I'm just so. It confused. was a frame job. Is <laughs> what I'm telling you. To what end? <laughs> a pigeon that Australia declared a biosecurity risk had everyone in the government tracking this man down or this bird down had received a reprieve after a US bird organization declared its identifying leg band was fake. Oh my god, that was just his ticket from the nightclub the night before. The, the band suggested the bird found in a Melbourne backyard was a racing pigeon that had left the US state of Oregon more than 13,000 kilometres away two months earlier. On that basis, Australian authorities on Thursday said they considered the bird a disease risk and planned to kill it. Okay, very grim, very grim discussion, but imagine yeah. that's what you have to deal with in the office. So they have this pigeon lined up, like, in the gallows. Like, they're about to hang the pigeon. They, and it's a very... Connor, you don't... What? You don't <laughs> you hang pigeons? They built a tiny pigeon gallows. A little tiny pigeon gallows? Is that how, how to do work? it? They have to drop a pigeon to hang Yeah, him. you drop it, but, like, you it's tell them, wings. Don't, don't fly. <laughs> you look at it, you go, don't fly, right? Promise me, when we drop you, you're just going to drop, okay? Come on yeah. now. Oh, he fucking flew. <laughs> he fucking flew. They always fly. That's the fifth time this week. As if, like, this is that popular. They have to build the gallows. <laughs> the whole town one. gathers around. <laughs> the internet doesn't work very well here. We gotta go to the pigeon gallows. <laughs> they keep it around just in case. But just before they were about to execute the pigeon... Dion Roberts, sport development manager for the Oklahoma-based American Racing Pigeon Union, fucking hell, said on Friday, the band was fake. That couldn't... We don't use that shade of blue in our bands. The band number belongs to a blue bar pigeon in the United States, which is not the bird pictured in Australia, she said. The bird band in Australia is counterfeit and not traceable. They do not need to kill him. <laughs> but surely... And look, I'm not trying to advocate for the pigeon's death or anything Here like that. Here we go. Fucking Gallows Man himself, squad. But, <laughs> Gallows Man would be an amazing prison name. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But... Um, the... the Like, surely the pigeon coming from another country is still a danger, even if it's not that particular, like, pigeon from America. They just can't prove it now. Is that the thing? But there's no evidence, yeah, there's no evidence that this bird didn't just come from Australia. He, that Yeah, that it's not just floating around, well not floating, flying. No, surely. birds don't float, everyone knows that. You can hang them, but you can't float them. If they floated, the hanging would not be successful. <laughs> just think for a second, Sean, just one second. Use your head. <laughs> So, I wanted to do this story because Joe is very much still alive and they are not hunting him down until they get enough evidence to say that he was from America originally. But currently, he's on the, like, he's gotten away with it, is what I'd say. Yeah, he's got a stay of execution at the minute. Mm. 
Um, and so the pigeon is no longer on death row. We can li- he can live to fight another day. Yeah, and maybe one day return to his family in Saigon. <laughs> <laughs> to his papa. His papa who made the trip before him. <laughs> Um, okay, Sean, we're going to move on to our next piece of news. I just love when animals are fighting against the system. You know, you don't want them to go to the gallows. Because I have Never. California man allegedly lived in airport for months because he was afraid to fly. This one, now this is one of the ones that I had to scroll past very quickly. Mm. Um, I, I just heard that they were looking for a man because was it, he was afraid of the global bastard. Um, yes. But he, he kind of learned about it as he was in Departures. He It was The Terminal. The film The Terminal. The film basically. The Terminal with Tom Hanks. Correct. Yeah, with Tom Hanks. America's sweetheart, Tom Hanks. Uh, <laughs> it gives credibility to America, Tom Hanks. <laughs> I didn't say that, but you have. That's a um, Simpsons quote. That's from the Simpsons movie. Oh, it, it does. Yeah, yeah. I remember that, yeah. <laughs> A California man who told police that the coronavirus pandemic left him afraid to fly has been arrested on charges that he hid in a secured area in a Chicago's O'Hare Air International Airport for three months. Um, Aditya Singh, 36, is charged with felony criminal trespass to a restricted area of an airport and misdemeanor theft after he was arrested on Saturday. At a court hearing, a judge ruled that the Orange California man could be released if he paid $1,000, but said that Singh was prohibited from setting foot in the airport. So, why why was this one illegal and the the absolutely true story of the terminal was completely fine? (laughs) Because, you see, there's a lot of things in the terminal that he gets off just at the last second. You know what I mean? There's some sort of story beats. I don't know if this has the same kind of trills. The, yeah, so maybe he was just somewhere he shouldn't have been. And apparently mm. thieving as well. Um, he, yes, so the Cook County judge, Susanna Ortiz, reacted incredulously Sunday after a prosecutor detailed the allegations. <laughs> so if I understand you correctly, Ortiz said, you're telling me that an unauthorised, non-employee individual was allegedly living within the secure part of the airport terminal from October 19th, 2020 to January 16th, 2021 and was not detected. I want to understand you correctly. <laughs> that this happened under your watch. <laughs> and the only answer to that is, yeah, no, yeah, that, that happened under our watch. Now, I'll be honest with you, doesn't look good at us. I will admit that, but at the same time, it's fucking mad, isn't it? Talking, you could make a story out of that. I wonder who you'd cast. <laughs> yeah, have you seen? Do you know Tom Hanks? This could be a movie. See, busy. He has some experience with all of this. Yeah. Um, so early Saturday afternoon, two United Airlines employees approached Singh and asked to see his identification. Assistant State Attorney Kathleen Hegarty said Singh lowered his face mask and showed them an airport ID badge that he was wearing around his neck. Oh, so he was pretending to work there. The badge actually belonged to an operations manager who had reported it missing October 26th. The, but that's the... Connor, that's, that's the, the similar day. time. <laughs> <laughs> Still no evidence. Um, Hegarty said Singh reportedly found the badge in the airport and was scared to go home due to COVID, she told the judge. Right, and where, where is... Like, what was the trip he was making? Do you know? He was going. He was going back to California. Okay, surely there's other ways you could go other than playing. Like I know it's not ideal, but you could like get a boat, rent a car, rent a car, rent a motorbike, hitch, mm. get a you bus. Could hitch. Um, there's many ways other than flight. <laughs> but this man, he got to the airport. So the story must go that he gets to the airport and he goes through customs. And then he decides, I'm scared and I don't want to fly on October 26th. And then he was not found until January 16th, which means he has been living in the airport, just consuming information through there with no access to the outside. And presumably the airports are a lot quieter than they used to be. 
they yeah I could only assume they would be although in America it feels like they might be still slightly they are probably a lot less busy than they would be but they are see, there still seems to be people flying yeah so conceivably you could hide in a crowd and things like that but surely passengers are allowed to be in the airport whereas pretending to be an airport employee would be a much bigger like problem mm. I I don't understand also it was I think um he was getting food from other passengers so other passengers were giving him whatever food they had R- right that's absolutely mad I like because I'm nervous about the global bastard, but I'm not hiding in airport nervous. But he wasn't nervous enough to go through customs. At some point, something happened in between October 26th at 11am and October 26th at 12pm that made him think, fuck it, I'm staying. Yeah, I, this is my life now. Um, <laughs> But, like, here's the... Th- if he's interacting with other... Like, he's interacting with people is the thing. Like, an airport is about as, you know, even if it's quieter, you are meeting entire strangers that have come from different places in the country and perhaps the world. Mm. Like, if you're afraid of the virus, surely that's, like, number one of places to avoid. I, I, yeah, I, I, I think it must have been the case that, like, he was going to fly home. Like, that's the only thing I can think of logically why you would go there. Unless, I suppose, airports are fairly abandoned now. Go to the right gate and it'll probably be, they probably closed out a bunch of gates. If you just live in one of the gates, then you'll never be found. Yeah, and you have a little WH Smith over there and uh, <laughs> a little shop that sells just water and alcohol. <laughs> are you thinking of the movie Determined? <laughs> I think, oh, it's the movie Determined. Catherine Zia-Jones might be there. She might pass yeah, through every now and it, then. I've got a coffee can. It's full of things. Money. <laughs> Stanley oh, Tucci, leave me alone. <laughs> the Tucci. You're so mean, the Tucci. Uh, that is a ludicrous story. And is he? Has he been arrested? He has been arrested. He's he's in court at the minute, and um, he's been fined one thousand dollars, and he's not allowed in step foot in another airport until he pays the one thousand dollar fee. Right. Okay, and well, presumably he doesn't want but to because he's not flying anymore. It does also say he was living with roommates in California. So what happened in those three months that he was gone? Did they just think, oh, he vanished? I... He, yeah. Unless he was keeping in touch. But surely they would have said, just fly home. You'll be grand. Yeah. It'll be fine. Just one flight. He, actually, you know what? Leave the airport. Right outside the airport to probably have a rent a car. Walk over there, give them whatever money you have, rent the car, drive here. Easy peasy. It'll be fine. We'll figure it out. You can lock yourself away for two weeks and you'll be grand. (laughs) I just think that story is mad. I mean, what was he doing for three months? Just sitting around. Just. Probably being really tense and on edge the whole time. For three months, his like his the nerves of his neck are just fused together. He just so much tension there in his shoulders and neck. Yeah, he's just he's he, he's put on like so much muscle because he's just tense all the time. <laughs> um, so, shall we're going to move on from that man who spent three months in an airport, which is a mental idea to begin with, to another man who has more bad luck, Sean. Now, one thing we love here is Bitcoin. Um, you've always told me you understand it. You're all about it, aren't you? I'm the only man that understands Bitcoin, famously. Yeah, um, and Bitcoin, if anyone doesn't know, is it's an online. Go on. no, Sean. You know what? I'll let you do it. Sean, what is Bitcoin? Oh, it's a, a Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency. Yeah, um, meaning that it's 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 not a physical form of currency. It's all data. Um, and hang on just a minute now. Connor, do you, do you hear Wikipedia? Is, is the signal okay here? Uh, <laughs> Sorry, you're breaking up. What was Bitcoin? Uh, oh, here we go. Here we go. I think I think I have it back. <laughs> Sorry, I've just I've just remembered. I've just so, fully remembered now. Uh, cryptocurrency, it's a digital asset designed to work as a medium of exchange wherein individual coin ownership records are stored in a ledger. Existing in the form, Connor, of a computerized database mm. uh, using strong cryptography to secure transaction records. 
Interesting. Now, Sean, Bitcoin was, of course, very small. It was laughed at as an idea for many years. But in 2016, Bitcoin exploded. And anyone who had, like, shares in Bitcoin, was ba- or Bitcoins, I should say, um, they were suddenly, like, their the value of their sh- uh, their coins went up, like, seven, seven quadrillion. Every there single a- one just, like, blew up. There was a horrible story. This was back in like 2012 um, when like Bitcoin had, had a massive jump at first um, where uh, one Bitcoin equal to like $1,000 or something like that. But some dude had thrown away a PC and on the hard drive of that PC was all of his Bitcoin data and he had something that, like 20 million or something in Bitcoin. That's interesting, Sean. Because I can one-up that. Oh. Because I have... Computer programmer has just two guesses left for his password to oh. access $220 million in Bitcoin before digital wallet locks forever. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Stephen Thomas, he was gifted 7,002 Bitcoin when he started a new job in 2011. Okay. When it was worthless. Oh when my god. When it was worthless, he got 7,002 bitcoins in 2011. Since then, he he had the thing of like, uh, he explained like a what is bitcoin explainer video. And yeah. as, a, as a thing, they kind of gave him 7,000 bitcoins. Yet the same year, Sean, 2011, he lost the password to his bitcoin account that he probably just made up. In like 10 seconds, yeah, look, here's my email, here's my couch, yeah, here's a password. 7,000 coins that are worth literally nothing, it's fine. It, it At that stage, it seems like FIFA points. Exactly, yeah, it's just, it, it's Monopoly money, like. Um, and so, he lost his password, known as a digital key, to the online wallet. And despite trying all his regular combinations, he has remained locked out as the price of the cryptocurrency has soared in the last eight years. It's gone mental. Uh, so every so often it crashes se- and it's hilarious, but then it's right back. <laughs> so he had 7,000 coins in 2011. He lost his password. And since then, he's had the amazing uh, privilege of watching as his 7,000 turned into 500,000, a million, 2 million, 20 million, 30 million, to now have $220 million stored away that he can't access because he can't remember his password. This is this is nightmare fuel. <laughs> and is there a like forgot your password button? No, because it's it's such a it, they want it to be as secure as possible. So there isn't a thing of like, did you forget your password? Put in your email and we'll send you a reset. It's just the same password. You only get one go. Oh my god. Imagine because it's your own fault if you lose it all is the thing. Yeah, that the, the, the software used to create Bitcoin means that only the user knows the password. And if they forget it, there is no backup to help them gain access to their cryptocurrency. It's just gone. Yes. Fuck me. <laughs> so it's $220 million. <laughs> and he can't get it. What's he doing right now? What's going through his head? Some nights I would just lay in bed and think about it, Thomas told the Times. <laughs> you would. You, I would think about nothing else. <laughs> then I would go to the computer with some new strategy and it wouldn't work. And I would be desperate again because you only get nine attempts. Oh, I hate this. <laughs> I, I'm stressed for this dude. He's lying in bed and he only has four goals left. And he knows every single one of them is worth $220 million. And you're like, right, if I get this wrong, I then only have three attempts. And if I get another one, two, another one, one, the stakes are high. I think it was my mother's name and a number. <laughs> Types it in. Rejected. Right. We're down to three. <laughs> but uh, this would drive me insane because I would have like a red string wall 
uh, trying to remember my frame of mind in 2011 yeah. that would have caused me to set up that password. But at the same time, if Bitcoin was so like valueless back then, he probably just created the account and he could have written in like, he could have just hit the keyboard as but, like just random digits. But also, what if it's like the password he uses for everything, but he made one misspelling? Yeah, oh my god, it could be anything. And they don't they don't tell him like anything about it. So it's just nine goals and he's used up six of them. I think no seven of them. So he has two goals left in his life and if he doesn't get either of them, he is out of two hundred and twenty million dollars. Like do you think it surely in, in in his head, he must have come to terms with it by now, right? That, like, he's probably not getting this money. Yeah, but imagine if you couldn't make rent. Like, imagine you, know you were going to a really bad time. And you were just like, oh, I can't pay rent this month. Like, I've lost a job. I'm just going to a really hard time. Just, the kids are, like, I have to pay for this or this or this. And then he's just sitting there thinking, I could really use $220 million right now. It's, oh, 220, that is, that's not just life-changing money. That changes the life for you, your family, and all of your friends kind of money. I, like, it's absolutely mental. Um, so, th- there's also another guy called, through the years, I would say I spent hundreds of hours trying to get back into these wallets. Brad Yassar, who's another man told the times. This is another one of the sad stories. The entrepreneur says he has a few desktop computers that contain thousands of Bitcoin. He created or mined almost a decade ago. Unable to remember his passwords, he has since placed the hard drives that contain the Bitcoin in vacuum sealed bags that he keeps out of his sight. And his reason is, I don't want to be reminded every day that what I have now is a fraction of what I could have that I lost. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) The thing is, though, and, and this gets into a larger discussion about, like, economies and shit, but what happens if he does get locked out. That's $220 million out of a quote-unquote economy that just disappears. I Surely they have some sort of support line. I like, don't think so. Can, no, because I feel like it's so, it's so like, like dark web. <laughs> and like black market kind of shit goes on. Like they're like, we don't have any support system. You're on your own. Bitcoin.org. Here we go. How to buy Bitcoin. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Are we going to be millionaires? Say, Connor, what if both of us pitched in all of our life savings and we spent a hundred euro on some Bitcoin? See, now it wouldn't. It wouldn't matter now. We should have done it in twenty eleven. That's true. But what I can tell you is mm. that for a hundred euro, uh, we would get point zero zero three three four of a Bitcoin. Oh Jesus! Another few of them, and we might have one. No. <laughs> Price for one Bitcoin. Here we go. <laughs> so he <laughs> got seven. Go on. It says uh, the maximum transaction amount is ten thousand euro. <laughs> so right. one is too much. <laughs> oh, all right. So we can't buy a Bitcoin. Half a Bitcoin is too much. I feel like half a Bitcoin is a bit out of our price range anyway. I don't have ten thousand on me. If we bought a quarter of a Bitcoin, it would be €7,500. Fucking laughing! In a few months now, we'll have that easy. Uh, Lads, if you really quickly, anyone listening to this, if you could go over to the Patreon, just just pledge whatever you want, and two years from now, we'll have a fucking half a Bitcoin. Lying wait, ready to make millions with. And we'll all have a big barbecue. Because he has 7,000 of those Bitcoins. For the sole reason that he probably got them when they cost less than a dollar each. <laughs> yeah, and it was probably just like a token, ah, here you go. <laughs> I think the stress of that, you would just be lying there going, $220 million. You'd keep that secret from everyone you know, wouldn't you? Yeah, like, there's no way, and whoever your partner is, your wife or your husband, like, when when you're in a fight, they would just look at you and just be like, you don't even know 
what the fucking password is. We could be out of here, <laughs> you dickhead. So you, you and she's like, oh no, we can't afford it. Oh, can't we? <laughs> oh, you can, but you can't fucking think, can you? This is ridiculous. Um, so we're going to have to move on to our uh, next piece of news now do you want me to go straight to Florida I have a little weird one in between involving a cat if you'd like you get first choice give me the cat and then we'll finish on the Florida Okay. so I have mysterious cat guides injured walker to safety after he got lost in the Swiss Alps oh not generally the job of a cat I would say (laughs) no I mean, it's not really the cat's job, but the cat has apparently, he's taken up the mantle of, I don't know, the spirit of the Alps. Or what a Saint Bernard would do in cartoons. Mm. And has has helped hikers around the area since 2013. Now, this is a Reddit post that somebody, one of the hikers uh, put up. So it's from a few years ago, but the story's only coming to light now. A hiker claims he was guided back to the right path after he sprained his ankle and got lost in the Alps all by himself. Um, The Hungarian man said he became disorientated and found his intended route blocked while walking in the mountains near Switzerland. Fortunately, he was wandering through the area for days and then he encountered a friendly local cat who guided him back to safety. How far away was he from, like, uh, society or civilization? We we don't know, but Grim, uh, Grimmelwald is a small village, which is just as, uh, where he was near Switzerland, um, in Bernese Oberland, at the foot of the, I'm not even going to try and pronounce that, World Heritage Site. The Lord Walker said he had sprained his ankle and he was unsure out how to get home after discovering the only route back had been closed. He was hungry, he was tired, and he had no clue at how he was going to get to safety. Then, right, so he was not sudden, in a good way, shall we say. Not in a good way. Then, all of a sudden, she was walking in front of me, he says, of the cat. And she kept looking at me to follow and led me straight to the right path that would take me down to the valley that I needed to get to. Fuck. That that cat is a, like a shape changer kind of thing. Like <laughs> someone who, who died on the mountain before and now inhabits the body of a cat. If my idea the cat like takes a few steps and looks back and just like gives him the head nod like come on you fucking agent get moving come on you're holding me up <laughs> the walker explained Grimmelwald is a tiny tiny beautiful village and I actually got lost in the surrounding mountains so the village is absolutely tiny you need to absolutely know where you're going to find your way back there especially once you go into the mountains so you can get very easily lost in that area my route back was blocked, so I had no clue on how to get back to this one piece of land that is safety where I was staying. And then all of a sudden this cat appeared in front of me, and it's just, wow, it's a cat, I thought. <laughs> and at first I just thought, hey cat, but then the cat actually started to look at me and began to walk in front, and I just thought, what do I have to lose? <laughs> oh, oh, that cat could have been luring you to, to some kind of trap. Where they eat humans. Um, It was the end of the ski season, he said. So the lifts weren't working and some of the trails were closed. Um, So the Reddit post attracted significant interest from local walkers. And this is where it gets interesting, Sean. A number of users were quick to observe that they too had also seen the cat. And that the cat had helped them get off the mountain before. I'm telling you, that cat is possessed. (laughs) Possessed cat. Seems like the only logical explanation. Tell me one cat that's ever had any interest in anyone other than themselves. Mm, Actually, your cat's pretty cool. I like. My, I cat. have a cat, and uh, my cat's chill. Your cat's chill. It's, one, it's a very. It's the most relaxed cat I've ever met. Mm. Um. I see. I don't know. Um. Is this the cat? Is just a spirit? I think you've nailed it. This cat just wanders the mountains. Also, this is a fact that, like, this story came out. He must have thought, I must have been going mental. Like, was I high on fumes or some shit up, like, with the lack of oxygen in the mountains? Yeah, and did the the pain, like, affect my head? 
you have a sprained ankle and then all of a sudden I see a cat leading me to safety and he puts it up on Reddit and then multiple hikers all respond with, oh yeah, that cat has helped us down the mountain too. It's like, oh, we've all, we've all seen the cat. The cat, prote- the cat protects us. <laughs> he saves us. That's, that's the cat of the mountains. Everyone knows that. Classic mountain cat move. Um, so Sean I wanted to start off with that one because I thought the cats so cats get a bad rep so this cat has saved this man's life yeah good on you cats and we're finishing weird news this week Sean with Jesus Christ himself pardon um, man says that he is Jesus Christ tries to shatter Florida gas station door with brick not a typical Jesus move <laughs> I would say he isn't, but he does a lot of Jesus stuff in this. This is classic Florida man. I should say, by the way, it's Florida man, not just man, sorry. Florida man says he is Jesus Christ, which I am already suspicious of that. Okay, so give me some more details here, Connor. A man was caught trying to shatter a gas station glass door with a brick Wednesday morning, according to the Monroe County Sheriff's Office. A witness saw Stephen Allen Waychoft, 36, which is... Waychoft is the second name I've never heard, trying to break into the Chevron gas station on Sunshine Key around 4am. Everyone's Everyone's second favourite key. Oh, he did it. What's everyone's (laughs) favourite key? Um, um, G... (laughs) <laughs> Proceed <laughs> Yes um, When Wachoff saw the witness He ran away So the witness shows that he's trying to break through the gas station With a brick A witness shows up Wachoff sees the witness thinks I'm getting away here Florida man's not sticking around if there's witnesses um, The door was heavily damaged Sean But still intact the gas station manager estimated the damage would cost about $1,000 to repair. To be fair, he was throwing a brick at it. That's true. A brick would do at least some damage, if not shatter the whole thing. Security footage also showed Wachoff trying to break in, just as the witness had said. However, at around 5.20am, another detective saw someone matching Wachoff's description walking down the street. He pulled over and he asked the man who he was, where he was going, questions like that. He told the detective his name was David Christ and then he said his name was Jesus Christ. Please, please. David was my father. <laughs> Call me Jesus <laughs> David's Christ. My fa- <laughs> David's, not, David's my father. Wait, no. That's God. Uh, David is a guy we knew. Um, Jesus Christ is my name. You would probably know me from the books. Kind um, of a big deal. Th- the deputy then asked where he was coming from, to which Wachoff responded that he had been been coming from a sermon. <laughs> okay, okay, story's checking out. <laughs> He's like, my name's David Christ, I mean Jesus Christ, I mean I was at a sermon, I'm very religious. <laughs> I don't know if you know, I'm Jesus. Um, Wachoff is said to have repeatedly asked the officer if he wanted any bread or fish. <laughs> He has lots of that. <laughs> I've got loads in the fucking truck. It's absolutely riddled with fish. Honestly, honest lad, to take God. some. It'll go to waste. Um, <laughs> he's like, honest to God. And when I say that, you can believe me. I'm Jesus Christ. <laughs> Don't take um, my name in vain. And, and continuously stated that he could put in a good word for him if he let him go. <laughs> in terms with of who? heaven? <laughs> Like, I'll put a good word for you. Wait, who? You know, the big man. You know yourself, that fighting at the sky. You you know. So, he's... And and his only crime so far is throwing a brick at a thing. Trying to break into someone else, yes. Oh, that'll do it. Okay. And so... Is, was he just allowed to walk free after this, or did they arrest Jesus? Wachoft was taken to jail, where law enforcement did not believe his story and confirmed his real identity. Upon the reveal of his real name, he, he is said to have become irate, and stating that he even knew Noah. <laughs> Jesus didn't know Noah. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like he's got his stories mixed up. I, yeah, I feel like this man has 
like a, a, a loose grasp of the Bible. <laughs> I knew Muhammad. Wait, that. no, fuck. Um, <laughs> oh, which? Oh, shite! Have I mixed oh, them up? No. <laughs> <laughs> which one? Which one um, had the big boat? <laughs> Oh, yeah, just tell me which one that is. I love boats. Sean, is Florida Man really Jesus Christ? Or has he come up with this story and at some stage he's had to commit to it? I think as soon as the brick didn't go through the window, his powers were immediately called into question. Yeah. Uh, So it was either at that point own up to just being someone who threw a brick through the window or hope that the Jesus play would pay off. (laughs) The Jesus play is almost really a bit of a Hail Mary, I would say. Funnily enough, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's blessed and saved, was it's a Hail Mary, as you say. So I think he just, he committed, he did his best, it didn't work out for him this time. <laughs> uh, I like that he said David Christ, and then he went, no way. No, shit. Jesus Christ is much more logical. <laughs> it's, it's like, they're never going to believe David Christ through a brick. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Window. Come on, David. They're not going to believe David Christ. Come on, let's think of this. What's a logical first name to Christ? <laughs> John, Frank, Bill, Jesus. <laughs> yes. There we go. That has a certain ring to it. <laughs> My name is Jesus. Fuck. <laughs> I got it wrong again. Stupid David. <laughs> Stupid David. Um, Sean, is Florida man actually Jesus Christ? Would that explain a lot of his supernatural abilities? I'm going to say, look, Connor, that's a very... Leading question you've asked me. Yeah, I was trying to get you in the shit. Yeah, go on. Well, I'm going to say, uh, no, this man is not Jesus. <laughs> I rest my case, Your Honour. I'm done. I'm, I'm saying it no there. more on the matter. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, that is it for this week's weird news. Quite quite the weird, strange week. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm glad. I like weird news. It, cheer, it cheers us up. It's a nice midweek boost just to get us through the next couple of days. And by the way, Sean, tomorrow's a pretty big day for the show and with merch in general because we are launching two brand new lines of merch on our store from nine o'clock tomorrow. Irish time, kind some of. Some time um, in the world. Some time in the world. Um, that is our Hero Zero line or our Florida men. Florida men and Jared Leto and Pirate Ghosts and, and the Development. And Detective Devilment and me. Um, there are two lines that are lodging tomorrow. If you go over to our merch store tomorrow, you get 21% off for the whole weekend By all God. the brand new merch. So we're, we're introducing two brand new designs that they're already 21% off, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. I can get behind that. As, um, as if you someone want to who see- sells the merch. <laughs> If you, <laughs> we really want the Bitcoin. Um, no, but if you seen uh, any of the social media posts that we've done over the week, we did one a few days ago that showed what the merch looked like. So if you go on there um, and you thought either one of them is pretty cool, I think that you should probably head over to the website. Just check them out. See what we have. We've got we've got a lot of different stuff. There's a lot of mugs and stuff to have um, different designs on it. Just new fancy things. Lots of people like new stuff. Yeah, like no, it's really cool merch. It looks really cool. Um, we're really proud of it. So if you want to check that out, there is a link in the description. I'm sure it'll be all over the social media as well tomorrow morning. So mm, check it out if you're interested. Thank you to everyone, by the way, who's been sending on merch pictures. It's really great to see. Um, you're oh, all yeah, Ro- Ro- one of our patrons, Roshid, said did a really nice post showing us in the hoodie. And, it, 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 and, and when I seen the hoodie, I went, oh, that looks like merch. Oh, my God, we did that. Oh, <laughs> Holy oh, that's shit. that's a cool looking hoodie. <laughs> I was like, that's a nice... Wait, that's mine! (laughs) Yes! Um, So, yeah, down in the description if you want to support us there. There's also um, a link to the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Here's for Hire podcast. Big thanks has to go out, of course, to Waffles Williams, Kira Lawler, David Clark, Ed Ball, Joe Burney, Ray Ging, Roisin Halley, Ryan Evanson, Sean Jamieson, Dominic, Josiah Green, Annie Helmroos, Richard McGrew, and Luke from Hot Off Podcast. Uh, Thank you all so, so much for the support really appreciate it you're getting us closer to that bitcoin and then we're going to invest that into i don't know how bitcoin will be at that point so it could be I, uh, b- the uh, minute uh, we buy it it'll go bankrupt that's it yeah we'll either buy one singular digestive biscuit or a fleet of ferraris <laughs> there's no in between um yeah I, I can't wait for that um so sean is that it for this week 
I think that's it. All the links are in the description and um, social media and stuff like that. Here's Friar underscore Outlook.com is the email if you want to contact us there. But I think that's about it, Connor. So I've been Connor Lawler. I've been Sean Mead. I'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. 